Jesus. Am I on? Am I, yeah, there you go. Am I, am I on that? Can you hear me? Great. Okay. Sorry. Tell you, mate. Um, I love the um, the like the the light and shade of the stupid openers that we do, which. No, no one's quite sure why we're doing them, but we do them because, hey, we're having fun. And also then this, like, epic cinematic, it's the end of the world, everything is crashing around us, oh my word, isn't this crazy? Um, and we do that because, you know, as a church, we want to be able to do both those things. We want to be able to be joyful um, because we have life, and we want to be able to say, actually, for some of us, life is really difficult at the moment, and it does feel like the end of the world. And wherever you are on that spectrum, wherever you find yourself this evening, I want you to know there's a space for you right now. There's a space for you to be able to, to feel whatever it is you're feeling, to be able to come with whatever life experience you're coming with tonight. So I want to start by asking a question. I'll be honest with you, on that spectrum, probably the talk tonight is going to be a little bit more on like the serious spectrum than the silly. I might have like three jokes, potentially. If, if they're not funny, I'll say I had two jokes. Um, <laughs> Four. I added another one just then. Um, but it's going to be mostly kind of serious, and it's going to be mostly asking this kind of big question, which is, what are you building your life on? What are you building your life on? I want to take a minute, and I want you, um, throughout the next 25 minutes, to be answering that question in your own mind. To be asking, what are you building your life on? What gives you a sense of purpose? What gives you a sense of security? Where do you look for a sense of safety? What things in your life bring you joy? What are you building your life upon? What gives you your sense of identity? And that's going to be a really important question for us to ask in the the wider picture of this series where we're asking, how do you survive the end of the world? What do you do when everything around you feels kind of crazy? Like, I've checked BBC News almost a record number of times this week. I'm back to like 2016 times right now in terms of what's happening? Oh my word, this is mental. This is crazy. It does feel like things are moving fast, that the world is kind of spinning quickly around us. And so how do we navigate it? How do we navigate um, a cost of living crisis, mental health crisis, war in Ukraine, recovery from COVID, personal stuff going on in our own lives, with our friendships being intact, with our mental health being intact, with our faith being intact. We started off the series a few weeks ago. Philip um, talked us through um, some of the words that Jesus gave to uh, his disciples. Um, some of the last things he said when he said this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Jesus tells us it's going to be difficult. It's not plain sailing, but in him, you can find peace. We went on last week and um, talked about what does it mean for us to apply this to worry? How do we live a life where we can combat and, and overcome worry and anxiety? And again, we looked at the words of Jesus. We've been looking really um, at the Sermon of the Mount in Matthew, this big um, sermon on a mount that Jesus gave. And he says this to his disciples. He said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. No, this is the wrong one. This is coming up later. He says this, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. That we have to have a wide perspective. That if we can see beyond ourselves and have that wide perspective of God's kingdom, then we can uh, rest in him, knowing that he provides for all our needs. 
And then last week, Lex came and, and spoke, um, talked to us again through um, some of Jesus' words when he teaches us actually what it means to have not just a wide faith, but a deep faith. To have a deep faith in that secret place with him in our prayer lives where just um, we get to know Jesus more and more. And all these things help us to navigate what we're kind of calling the end of the world. And so tonight, um, I want to ask, why is it, actually, that for some of us, when um, crazy stuff happens, you can have two people, right, in exactly the same situation. It's like a science experiment. All the variables are the same. And yet, when something happens to them, a life circumstance happens. For one person, they seem to be absolutely fine. In fact, it strengthens them. Their, their faith becomes stronger. Their, their friendships grow deeper. But for another person, same situation, same life circumstance, it can sp- send us spiraling or into um, a deep difficulty. Why is it that some people seem to have this, this resilience, this solidity to them? How come? When I look at some people in my life, I think, wow, anything could come at you and your faith would grow stronger. And Jesus gives us a story, which you got a little sneak peek of there, which is kind of an example of this, right? It's this story where there are two people who have the same situation, who do very similar things apart from one variable. And then when they're hit with the same challenge, they end up in totally different outcomes. We read about it um, in Matthew And Jesus says this story. This is the last bit of his Sermon on the Mount. He says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house in the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So you have these two guys, two similar stories, and yet we come at a totally different outcome when the storms of life hit them. And I quite like this analogy that Jesus gives us. He talks about um, the two guys building a house, and it's an analogy for us of building a life. How do you build a life of security and stability and of purpose? And I I think that's really useful for us because I think a lot of the time today, how we talk about kind of success and what it means to build a life is a very, it's a very proactive thing. It's a very active thing. It's all about what can I do? It's like building a house. It's It's a proactive exercise that we undertake. It's something that we have to make happen. I don't know about you. Um, anybody else's YouTube suggestion is just an absolute mess. Is it just mine? There's, like my, there's two people, Jelena and me, just have weird YouTube suggestions. All my YouTube seems to be is people like giving me advice on how my life is going to be perfect. And it's quite specific. And I don't know what's happened in the algorithm. I don't know if just looked at me and been like, 28-year-old white male, here we go. We'll hit them with these key things. Like The first is, um, it's like the, 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 the um, exercise stuff, right? Like, just, 
I've got so many different people telling me how to get rock-hard abs in 10 minutes at home. It's unbelievable. Um, it's, and, and, it's, and it's, again, it's YouTube is telling me this is something you can do in your life. This is something you can build into your life to make it better. The second group I have is um, the people who are telling me this is the diet you need. If you can make these 10 high-protein meal plans for your week, then you'll be sorted. If you can adopt this, if you can cook this way, then your life is going to be perfect. That's the second group. The people tell me that this is what you need to eat. This is what you need to do. Then it starts to get um, a little more ropey. You get, um, I don't know if anyone gets these, I get a lot of investor bros investment bros coming at me, right? They're like, I had nothing and I invested in this. And now look at me, I'm driving this car. You should do the same. I've got a lot of people online telling me where I need to invest my money. And it's, it's very weird. I, I don't know why they've targeted me. And then finally, the most pernicious of all, I have the fourth group, which is the, the get up and grind guys. Those guys that are like, I wake up, this is my daily routine. I wake up at 4 a.m., I have 19 protein shakes, I go for a nine-mile run, then I run my successful business and have egg whites. This is like, and it's, the whole thing is like, this is how you build a successful life. And actually, it's true, you know, we have this picture that Jesus gives us of building our lives. And he says it's, it's like building a house. And there are all these different elements that we're told that, that you can build in. And so we've got this little picture here giving a few examples. And there's our house. And around it, you've got your wealth, you've got your exercise, you've got your career. But because if you're here and you're a Christian, you get some like secret menu options as well. You get other things that we have to do to build a successful life. You've got the Christian books you can be reading. You've got the worship music you could be listening to. You've got the hub or community that you should be part of. You've got all these different things that we should be doing to build a life of meaning, of purpose, of identity, something that's, that's firm, that's not going to be shaken. And all these things are really good. And actually, you know, if you're making money, investing, good on you, fair play. The rest of, we want to be doing things like reading great Christian books. We want to be committed to our hub, to our community, small group. All this stuff is good, but it speaks to something in our culture, which is about what can I build into my life? What can I add? What can I build into my life to make it better? And all of the focus is on the practice. It's on the doing. It's on the what can I add in? What can I build in? Jesus is far more interested in what are you building your life on. We spend so much time saying, how can I build into my life these things that will make it better? And Jesus says, no, what are you building your life on? What are you building your life on? All this stuff is really good and it's really helpful and, it will, and, and, and we should be doing them. But this is all the stuff on the top. This is all the, the roof tiles and the windows and the wallpaper and it's all good stuff. But Jesus is asking a really important question, which is you can have all that stuff. But first, can I ask you, what are you building your life on? What is giving you that sense of meaning, of purpose and identity? Now, the funny thing about Jesus' story that he tells us is that you have these two guys that have a very similar looking house. I am, in my mind, they just, they've been given the same like kit and they've made a very similar house. And there doesn't seem to be a discernible difference. One's built on a rock. And to me, that sounds a little barren and a little cold. And then the other one, it tells us he built it on the sand. And honestly, my mind immediately is like, ooh la la, seaside property. <laughs> House in Bali. Here we go. 
It sounds very nice. It, the, the house, the, there's, no, there's nothing that tells us these two houses are in any way different. From the surface, from the outside, on a nice sunny day, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. The difference comes when the storm hits. And that's when we see not what you've been building into your life, not all the practices and things you've been trying to make happen. That's when we see what have you been building on. Are you building on something that can last, something that can sustain you, something that can hold you up? In the passage, Jesus describes it quite simply. He says this, that uh, the winds blew against and beat against the house of the, the wise builder, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Jesus tells us, if you want to build a life that will withstand the storms, that will be standing at the end of the world, you need to build it on me, Jesus. You can build all the things in you want, but you've got to build it on me, Jesus. The only thing that can be a firm rock in your life. Actually, um, the, Jesus goes on and he tells us a little bit about what this storm looks like. For many of us, we've been kind of doing life and trying to do all the stuff. And you might be here today say, I've been trying to do this stuff. And now only recently in the last few years, perhaps, have you started to have storms hitting your life. And now you're starting to ask the question, okay, um, what, what actually is going to make this thing feel secure? I thought I was doing okay. I thought I was doing all the right things I was told to do. Now I feel a little bit wobbly. Jesus describes the storm that we're hit with in two different ways. We've got kind of two pictures. He says, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew. I want to talk for a little bit and, and just break down a little bit of what are the storms in life that can come against us. There's two pictures I think I find really helpful. The first, well, the second one actually is the winds that blew, the winds that blow against us. I see this as a bit of a picture for us of what, something that can really shake the foundations of our life, which is transitions. But many of us, in fact, all of us at different times in life will go through various times of transition. And these can be um, amazing things. In fact, a lot of the times they're fantastic. It's, I've moved to university. I've got a job in a brand new city. I've, I've started dating someone. I've got married. I've got a new role at work. Uh, all these big life changes or even small things that are often really, really good things. And yet they're times of transition. And times of transition, I see it like that wind blowing against the house. They're good, but it's unsteadying. It can feel a little ropey. You feel like life is going well, but I feel, still feel quite shaky. This is why um, of all the young people that grow up going to church as a teenager, only 50% of them will stick with church as a university student. Why? Because that's a time of transition in life. It's a really great transition time, but it's a time when the wind can blow against us. And that life that we've been building, things can start to fall away. That's why, for some of you, you're a bit confused right now because you feel like you've had some really good changes in life. You might be someone who's just graduated university and you're thinking, yes, finally done it. But why then does life suddenly actually feel quite hard? I thought it was meant to get easier as my life got better. Why is life actually feeling more difficult? Transition can be really challenging. And the reality is that most of us have had 
some level of transitions in the last few years, and they can be a massive challenge. The second thing Jesus describes is the wind that comes down, uh, the rain that comes down, the storm, the water that, that lashes on the house. And I see this as the second thing that can really challenge our faith, which is trauma. Now, trauma is a, a big word. I get that. It's a, it's a really, um, and that can mean a lot to different people. I understand that. And you might immediately say, well, I'm, that's not something that I've experienced. But actually, trauma doesn't have to be something big. It can be something small that has a big consequence in our life. And I was listening to a podcast the other day um, with a psychologist, and they were asking him, sorry, <laughs> I need to cough. <laughs> um, okay. Um, that wasn't one of the jokes. Um, it'd be weird if I planned that in. Um, they asked the psychologist, what, is, um, what are the, the things you're seeing that are going to affect us most in the next 10 years to come? And he said, we haven't yet recognized that the majority of people in the last few years have gone through a traumatic experience and we haven't realized it ourselves. You know, as humans, we're really, really good at um, kind of ignoring when life gets, like you go for a really tough patch and then we have like hormones and we do like tricks with our minds to purposefully try and forget that difficult stuff that's happened. So you look back on something that was actually really hard at the time and you sort of think, oh, it wasn't that bad, was it? Actually, for many of us, we've gone through traumatic experiences. For many of us, that might even be something just like, you know, go back to first COVID lockdown. For two weeks, you have no idea if you have this killer virus. The death rate are going up. We're staying at home. Boris Johnson's on the news every day. You have no idea what's happening. Now, we can forget about that. Actually, for many of us, that's a traumatic experience that probably we haven't quite reconciled and worked through in the way that we need to. And when you experience these things like that wind beating down on the house, it can really challenge us. It can really um, question your faith. And so what I want to do is I want to give a few examples from my life. Um, I'm going to actually use a bit of an illustration here. Um, this could go terribly, but I thought, you know, spice things up. I want to give you a bit of an illustration from my life, give a few examples. My glamorous assistant is bringing over... Um, some toys that I stole from Woodland Central Church from the kids section. Here is the house, okay? Here we go. This is my, the house that represents my life. Okay, it's quite small. You might not be able to see it. But this is the house that represents my life. And I had this working assumption, right, I, I couldn't find any rock. So this is rock, which represents Jesus. One of them actually says Jesus on the Jenga piece, so that's how you know. But I had this working assumption for my life, because I'm a good Christian boy, went up, you know, grew up going to Sunday school. I had this assumption that my foundation was Jesus, right? That I built my life upon the love of God. And so I kind of looked at my house and I thought, oh yeah, that, this is me. I've built my life on, on these Jenga blocks of Jesus. All very good. But actually, it's not until you have storms in life that come at you that you start to experience and see something different. So what I have, now this is where it could get terribly wrong, is I have Hannah's hairdryer. And this is going to represent, in a twist of fate, Kate, I'm worried I'm going to spray you with sand. This is going to represent the winds and the storms that come at us. Because the reality is, I'll give you one example. Actually, 
my life, there's, there's Jesus at the foundation, but you can't really see. There's also some sand in there. The Bible says that we are like, um, that, yeah, we have the rock or we have the sinking sand, and that Jesus is the rock we should build our house on. But there are so many other things that we can build our life on that are like shifting, sinking sand. Um, and so, give you one example. Literally two months ago, I started a new job. And uh, I've been doing a job for the last few years that I felt like um, working here at Metro, felt like I was, I was really good at. I knew how to do it. And I went into this new job, my assumption being, my foundation is Jesus. That's who I've built my life upon. And actually, as soon as I started the job, I realized, oh my word, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not very good at this. I'll be honest, guys, I work for, a, can you, I work for an engineering and construction company. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why they hired me. I'm just sat there every day, especially for the first month. I'm just like, I'm going to keep my head down. And <laughs> I, honestly, I still feel like someone's going to come up to me and just be like, so why are you here? How did this happen? And actually, every morning during my quiet time, I had to do some processing with God of like, actually, man, um, I'm really struggling with the fact that I'm not very good at this job. And what I realized as I went through this transition time in life is that I had built some of my life, some of my identity on this idea that people thought I'm good at things. Actually, I kind of built this idea that if people think I'm good at something, if people think that I'm competent, that I can do things well, then I'll be okay. Then I have a sense of meaning and purpose. Now, I go through that time of transition, that storm in life. This is where it might not work. <laughs> and you start to get the winds blowing against you, and suddenly, no, it's not going to work. <laughs> The sand is too well packed, so we're just going to push it back instead and pretend it's not there. Um, Hair dryer, rubbish. (laughs) Oh dear, we should have got the Dyson one, you know. Will Shelley, hit us up with a Dyson hair dryer. He works for Dyson. Um, Actually, that foundation in my life, as soon as it's all come, it just can't stand. It can't stand up to that challenge of that transition. Another time. COVID hits, like I, like I said, first lockdown. Now, I've gone into that experience thinking, I, I'm, I, my, my foundation is Jesus. I'm working for a church. I'm going around. I'm, I'm doing good things. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm building my life upon the love of Jesus. And then COVID hits, and I suddenly realize, oh my word, actually quite a bit of where I got my sense of security and, and, and my sense of identity from was being successful and busy kind of being around, doing stuff, you know, meeting people, doing all these things, doing these events, making stuff happen. And suddenly I'm sat at home and I can't do any of this. And again, it's like that storm comes and it just knocks out the other foundation in my life. And suddenly I feel like, oh, that, that can't stand the power of the storm that's come against it. There are so many things, I don't know what it is for you, that actually, if we're not careful, we think we're building our life on Jesus, but actually, we're building on things that just cannot stand up to it. I want to talk um, to a couple of groups about this, because I think it's so important. We ask that question, what are you building your life upon? You might look at this and think, yeah, that kind of looks like my life, actually. Like, there's some of Jesus in there. There's a bit of the Jenga blocks. But there's also quite a lot of stuff that I know gives me a sense of purpose and security and and that I'm kind of trying to build my life on that actually isn't from Jesus, that isn't 
good, that isn't going to stand up to it. Or it might be that you say, actually, if I was honest, it would all be sand. There's nothing but sand under there. And as soon as the storm comes, I'm just kind of a, I'm waiting for it to hit and I'm going to be in big trouble. There's two groups I think that it's important that we talk to you about this tonight. The first is if you're here and you've, you would say that you're a Christian. You would say that, yeah, I, I believe, um, I, I would say Jesus is in some way a foundation in my life. He gives me a sense of security and, and purpose and safety. Actually, I need to ask you the question, is he, is he really what you're building your life upon? Because for some of us, the truth is that we get so consumed with doing the stuff, with all the other things, with the things we're meant to be doing, that we never stop to ask the question, is Jesus the person I turn to when life gets tough? Is Jesus the person I'm looking to to give me my sense of identity and worth? Actually, the problem for a lot of us is we've done all the stuff. We try, we, we try to, to go along to church as much as we can. We've tried to commit to reading the Bible and we've tried to, to invest in our Christian friendships and a storm's come in life and it's knocked out the foundation from under us and it's left us feeling shaky. And then we turn around and say, well, Jesus, that was a waste of time. I thought you said that if I followed you, then X, Y, Z would be okay. I thought I said that if I trusted you, this would work. And we get, annoyed at, we get annoyed at our Christian friends for not being there for us. We get annoyed at the Bible for not giving us a sense of, of whatever it is we're looking for. We get annoyed at church for not supporting our faith in the way that we want it to. And it's kind of like shouting at the roof tiles for the foundation slipping. We're getting annoyed at the wrong thing. We've got to ask the question, was, was Jesus actually your foundation in the first place? Or were you looking for other things? The second group here today is if you're here and you say, I'm not sure if Jesus really ever has been a foundation in my life. Maybe because you're here and you're, you're not a Christian at all and you're just a friend told you to come and you don't even know if Jesus is real, let alone if he's your foundation. And that's totally fine. You are so welcome here to explore, to ask questions. But I want to ask you the question, what are you building your life upon? Because it will be something. It will be something. And whatever it is that you're building your life on, it was not made to support the weight of your purpose and your identity and your security. Some of you, you've built a life upon this idea of success in my career, whether that's earning money or prestige or getting to a place of, um, of significance up the, the organizational ladder. And maybe, you know, for example, you said, oh, I'm just going to work really hard, save up, and then I'll buy a house. <laughs> and actually, mortgage rates are going up, and suddenly buying a house looks like a whole lot, lot away. And that foundation you've built your, your life on, it, it seems to be washing away. Even tougher, um, and I think this is something we do so often, is that we ask people to be a foundation to build our life upon. We ask boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, wives to give us a sense of meaning and purpose and security. And people are always going to let us down. It's not fair to ask another human 
to give you your ultimate sense of purpose and meaning and security. Only Jesus can do that. So if you're here and you don't know if Jesus ever been that, that thing in the very core of my life that everything else revolves around, that foundation that my house is built upon, you're, if, you, if you don't have that, there will be something else there and you're asking it to do a job it wasn't meant to do. Money was never meant to support your sense of purpose or identity. It's just a thing. It's going to let you down. Your partner was never meant to give you your ultimate sense of purpose and identity and security. They're a person. They're going to make mistakes. Actually, probably. There's a lot of us here that, that part of the challenge in relationships, even just in friendships, is that we're so, um, we're so reliant on other people in a good way in some ways to give us a sense of security that when they let us down, it's like, oh man, it's not just that this person's let me down. Actually, I was relying on that person to, to be my foundation. Only Jesus can do that. And so what, does it, what do we have to do in order to make Jesus the foundation in our life? Well, three quick things. First of all is you have to see something bigger than yourself. You have to live for something bigger. That's what Philip spoke about. You've got to have a sense of, wow, God's kingdom, what God is doing in the world is so much bigger than me. I'm going to go after that. Then we have to go deeper, as Lex said. He said you've got to develop that devotional life which has depth where you really get to know who Jesus is. And the third one, and this is what I want to focus on tonight and in a kind of response time is this, that you have to allow the storm to take its toll. You never know if your foundations are firm until the storm comes and tests it, until the wind blows. The only way we can know, am I building my life on Jesus really, is to say when those tough times come, is it Jesus that I turn to? And what some of us need to do is in the difficult times of life, and maybe you're going through them right now, is to allow that storm, that difficulty, that challenge, to, to blow away some of those foundations that were never meant to be there. For some of us, we have to allow a financial crisis to blow away the foundation of money that we've built our life upon. For some of us, we have to allow a storm of um, a career-blunting move to blow away that foundation of having a successful career that we've built our life upon. And this is really painful, because actually, we, we probably would rather numb against the pain of that, because it's really painful to say, yeah, I'm just going to let the storm take its toll. Or we just double down on our previously held belief. We say, right, I told myself, and I kind of believe this lie, that if I just get into really, really good shape, then I'll be okay, then I'll be fine. And so we kind of double down and, and keep believing that and go to the gym more and more and more and more. Actually, Jesus says, no, stop. You've got to take a moment. You've got to allow the storm to, to wash away those things that weren't meant to be at the foundation of your life. And then when that happens, you've got to ask Jesus, would you come and would you fill those spaces there where only you're meant to be, those places in my life where only you can give me that sense of security. So I'm going to get rid of this um, illustration that we can all agree didn't really work. Um, and I kind of forgot it was there. 
for most of the time. And I kind of forgot that I was going to say half the things about it that I did. So it's going to take that. And instead, what we're going to do is do something much more um, important, which is ask God to meet us in this. Um, we can invite um, the band back up, but actually we're going to take a moment as well just to respond. Um, I'll ask you to stand if that's okay, if you're able to. When we, um, there's, there's a whole bunch of things that I really wanted to uh, communicate tonight that I don't know if I've done. Um, but there's something here about a reckoning um, within us to say, what am I looking to to make me feel like my feet are on firm foundations? And how can I make sure that that's Jesus? I invite um, the Holy Spirit. Actually, Kate, if it's all right, just for a moment, we'll just have a bit of silence instead, if that's okay. And we'll come back to the lovely drone in a moment. But um, I just want to give it a bit of space because this is kind of deep work. You can't excavate the foundations of a house quickly. <laughs> I've been working for an engineer firm for two months, and I know that. <laughs> it's a long process, and it, it takes a lot of work. And actually, we can't dig out those things deep within us, the beliefs that, we, that we've hold, uh, held, the, the things that actually we lean on to feel supported and loved. We can't understand what they are quickly, but the Holy Spirit can help us get started. This is deep work for us. So if you're here and, and this church stuff is all new to you, then don't worry about it. Don't just, just enjoy a bit, of, a bit of silence. But for the rest of us, I'm just going to ask that the Holy Spirit would come and meet us here. And as we do that, we're not um, expecting anything in particular. It's just a, a space for each of us to say, Holy Spirit, would you come and meet me here?